Oren B. Andy G. How's it going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. A little bit cold down your way. Um, yeah, not in a woolly hat. Not cold, but it's cool enough to actually put a woolly hat on and a, a fleecy top. <laughs> um, we are a little bit further south than yourself. <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm sitting in a T-shirt. Don't worry, mate. This will probably come off halfway through the podcast because it is a little bit warm in my little cubby. You look quite cosy. Oh, I'm very cosy, mate. But actually, I'm starting to feel it now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. This is like my favourite beanie, and I lost it, um, and I found it only a couple of days ago. <laughs> so I've been like, yep. oh, my God, my long-lost love. We are reunited. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you. you lose your favourite beanie, though. I've I done it before. do like a good beanie, mate. You've got you've to uh, invest in a decent beanie. You really do. I got yep. this from Rebel Sport about... Maybe 11 years ago? Especially at our age, mate, when you're starting to get a little bit balding. You know, <laughs> a bit of hit. That's half you the fucking reason. Head, you need to keep your head warm somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's half the fucking reason why I'm wearing it, actually, because I just like the old hair's getting a bit thin on the top, eh? And I've noticed it more so in the last short while. Yeah, um, it's all downhill, mate, once you get into your oh, 40s. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's not good. But anyway, what can you do, right? I have. What can you do? I, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but it's actually crossed my mind as of late to look at hair transplants. Oh, where yeah. they could take the hair from the back of your head and they can transplant it to the top of your head where it's needed. Um, and it is, it's a surgical procedure, but it's like I looked at pricing and it's not cheap. It's If I wanted like 4,000 strands done, it would cost yeah. me $22,000. Um, Is that like from Ashley and Martin? It's a, a similar company. There's lots of those sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a story about Ashley and Martin actually, but there's there's lots of these standalone companies now that have these surgeons who have just gone out on their own because they can make pretty decent dollars uh, by doing hair transplants. And uh, even, what do they do? How do they do that? They just get the ear and they go and just pull yeah, one out. They and they, do, go, they, and they go yeah, the top. Literally. <laughs> No, I couldn't think of anything more freaking boring to do. Imagine doing that for hours on end. What do you do? I pull hairs out of people's heads yeah. and I move them to the top and I stick them back in again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can understand what you're saying. Here's the thing, though, like the outcome for those that are getting the procedure done. I mean, it would just be amazing, wouldn't it, to have it done? If you, I mean, if like me, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty um, uh, self-conscious about the old hair loss thing, you know, because yeah. I've always enjoyed a, a good full head of hair. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I am sort of leaning towards doing it. But they do, they take the entire root of the hair out of the follicle as well. And they literally put it into another one on top of your hair. Is follicle the word for it? It must take fucking hours. Well, it probably would. It would probably happen over several procedures, I'd say. But it actually starts growing again. Why don't, why don't they just like... Can't they just get some? Just pull your pubes out and stick them in the top of your head. You oh, you'll have curly, you'll have curly hair then, at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let me put it this way: Would you prefer to have your ballsack plucked or the back of your head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, fair mind enough. you, mind you, the old pubes do fall out pretty easily, though, don't they? So, um, they fall down there too. <laughs> but I've, I've considered it. I really have. I remember years and years ago. This is probably about 2010. I went to Ashley and Martin, and I had a consultation done. And the guy had a look at my hairline. He said, "Yeah, that's just the you know the male pattern baldness or whatever they call it." Yeah. 
and he's like, well, what we can do is actually take like a colour swatch of your hair. So we would actually take a snippet of your hair and we'd send it off to France where there's a company that specialises in colour and texture and tone matching. So they would literally make they would literally make a wig that then they would shave the top of your head completely as if you were bald and they yeah. would just stick this custom made wig on your head and it would last a few months at a time. Yeah. But it would just look as natural as fuck. Like it would look like your own hair. It would blend in with, you know, the hair around the sides and the back that they didn't shave off you. Yeah, and um, it's it's effective, but the thing is, you have to have special haircuts done because your normal hair on the side and the back is going to grow, whereas the hair on the top isn't. So that you have to go there every <laughs> month or something for a special yeah. haircut. Um, so there's a lot of maintenance with that, but I kind of prefer the hair transplant side of things because you end up just regrowing your own hair. Yeah, um, but they wanted like twenty thousand dollars for this wig. It's not cheap, eh? It's not cheap, and I can appreciate why it's not cheap. Um, but I just, I don't, I, I, I was just, I said to the guy, and, and he said to me, and this is nothing against the company at all, because obviously they do what they do, and they do well at it, but it wasn't for me. And he was like, okay, so would you like to pay $10,000 now and $10,000 later? And I was like, hmm, let me think on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, No. Yeah, because I just have fucking 20 grand sitting there. But anyway, yes, I'm not going that option, but I was thinking very, very carefully about potentially going for the hair transplant option, which uh, could be a viable thing in a couple of years maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows, eh? You can Mm. do it yourself. Just get your missus to get around the back with the tweezers and and then just (laughs) get a follow and just stick it in there. I wouldn't be (laughs) surprised. How do they get them back in? I don't know. Why do they drill I, it like a little hole. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a YouTube how-to video that you could literally just <laughs> do it at home. <laughs> Self-help. Yeah, yeah. and I tell you what, judging by the fact that my wife likes squeezing spots, she'd be fucking all up for plucking my hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. My missus is the same. Because like, like sick fucking thing they've got going on. Yeah, yeah, because I approach <laughs> my wife for a kiss and you can tell that she's looking at the tip of my nose really closely. She's like, just as you're coming in for a kiss, she's eyeballing my nose. Next minute the hands come up. She's like, oh, let me just get that. And then she'll just fucking attack me. And I'm like, I just came in for a kiss. Calm down. <laughs> get off. Get off yeah. me. <laughs> like, holy crap, calm down. But that's what I married into, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it is yeah. some crazy fucking weird obsession, isn't it? Wanting to squeeze yeah. pussy out of my face. Like, cheers, darling. <laughs> oh, and the conversation's gone downhill. <laughs> but this is it, eh? Like, you know, when, you, when you're sitting on the couch together watching the TV, sometimes it's nice to cuddle up, and sometimes I might just rest my head on her lap, and then she's fucking digging in. It's like, fucking hell, <laughs> come on. Get off! Get off me! Yeah. Anyway, let's crack into it. Two, three, four, five, down the tools, up the mic. A guy, a radio guy, two best mates chatting on the fly. We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same. We'll yarn about anything, it's all fair game. One hits nails, and one nails hits. We'll review good beers and just shoot the shit. We're R&B and Andy G. 
And this is Tradio, Tradio. It's episode 43. 43. We now have more episodes than you are old, Oren. I know. God, you've outrun me. (laughs) Actually, talking of this, I was looking through the stats. I've got them on the screen at the moment, the Tradio stats. And I would like to welcome in listeners from Argentina, Colombia, Mexico and the Falkland Islands. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, bloody good, eh? The Falkland Islands. The Falkland Islands, yeah. So I was just looking through, and I'll, I'll have a quick run through. This is in order of the uh, the most listened to countries. Uh, New Zealand at the top. United States, second, which is yeah. quite impressive. United Kingdom, third. Australia, fourth. Uh, then it's Canada, Spain, United Arab Emirates, Ireland, Russia, Argentina, Switzerland, Colombia, Germany, Italy, Mexico, Romania, and... Falkland Islands. It's pretty impressive. It is. <laughs> Doesn't tell you how many though, does it? It might be like one. <laughs> one in the Falkland Islands. I get percentages. <laughs> I could work out percentages, uh, but I can see the percentages on here. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 good. It's it's healthy. I mean, there's a lot of listeners around the world, and I'm loving it that people are just organically finding Tradio. It's great. <laughs> um, I could tell you actually, the most listened to platform is iHeartRadio. Uh, with 42.21% of the listens. Spotify holds 34.68%. There's just short of 10% listening on Google Chrome. Uh, We've got people listening on Player FM, TuneIn, Safari, Samsung TV. Uh, We get quite a lot of listeners on Alexa. (laughs) Alexa, play Tradio! (laughs) (laughs) Playing Tradio. Um, Firefox, Chromecast... Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, Deezer, Edge, Google Podcasts, and lots and lots of fucking random ones I've never heard of. But that's... Um, <laughs> God, I've, even half of those I haven't even heard of. Yeah, we're <laughs> so many platforms that Tradio's on. It's just brilliant to see uh, how many different uh, ways people are listening from different parts of the world. It's 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 humbling. Yeah, it's incredible how everything's connected nowadays. Eh? It's yeah, just, and it, it also amazes crazy. me just how much people enjoy listening to bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got a funny story about that. Hey, eh? my um, was it my? No, it was my sister was listening. She, she listened to one of the last ones we did, and she said to my mum when she was on the phone the other day, she goes, "The amount of shit those two can just talk." She said they just ramble on about rubbish for ages, but you can't help but listen. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, I thought that was quite funny. That's yeah. good. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Eh? The, the content obviously is important, but if people can't turn off, then fuck yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I'll take that all day. <laughs> that's right. But that's, that's it. I mean, bullshit. Well, that's it. It's it's us catching up, and it is just a podcast about everything but nothing in particular. That's what I like to yeah, put it right. as. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a funny thing today. Oh, well, it was not funny, but it was kind of funny. I was driving to work this morning, and I looked up the road, and I could see this car, like, half wedged in a tree. It's like, what the hell come around the corner? I don't know. You probably got the one-on-one call for this. But someone had gone around the corner going too quick and slid out and gone around the corner, and then shot across the road, and it just happened to be, like, a real big bushy tree right there. And the car hit it, and instead of going through it or anything, it went, like, hit it, knocked a tree over and then sort of climbed up the tree and then sort of rested nicely in the top of it. So it's got a dent in the front of the car, but the tree, the car's sitting in the tree. <laughs> Where was this? Uh, 
on the way to Morinsville, out that way, on the road there. Oh, far out. On the main highway. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's got tape around it, so the cops have been there. But, yeah, it's just like wedged in this tree. I'm thinking, <laughs> how are they going to get that out of there? <laughs> have to drag yeah. it out. That's one of those, how the fuck did you do that things? Yeah. And I bet you can't do it again. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Far out, yeah. Some people get themselves into real pickles, don't they? Yeah, I mean, because like having gone to a lot of call-outs like that, we've gone to car accidents, we've gone to incidents where we're just like, how the fuck did they do this? <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck me. i tell you what, the, the crash investigation team from the police have got their work cut out for them because we can't figure this out. Yeah, I'll tell you what, since I've been on the road for my new job, I've actually witnessed a couple of accidents. Now, I was, I was sitting at an intersection the other day and it's a really, really busy intersection. Cars going both ways, flat out. And the car going from left to right went flying past me. And there were some vehicles in front of him and it had already slowed right down. And he mustn't have seen them. And then he slammed his brakes on. He just stopped, just you know, just in time. But the car behind him didn't. Oh, fuck. <laughs> right in front of me, it just went boom into the back of the other car. I was like... Well, hey, that's not going to be easily buffed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, the old uh, cut and polish ain't going to help you there, son. Nah. <laughs> that was, yeah, I've seen a couple like that now, a couple of good nose to tails. Uh, look, we bought a new bed this week, mate. We, uh, My wife and I decided to um, splash out. We got some, like, reserve cash saved away for rainy days. A, and we've had a couple new, of those. New workbench, mate, new workbench. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, well, we still, it's still a very clean workbench. Yeah, because the baby's still sleeping in there, isn't it? Well, this is the development. Ah. This, this, is, <laughs> this is the development. Um, so we bought ourselves a Super King bed. Yeah, awesome. It's fucking huge. Because <laughs> uh, we, we had a queen. And, you know, the queen is a good size. And it fit my wife, myself, and our toddler. Our toddler's been sleeping in our bed now since last May, actually, so it's yeah. it's quite timely that it's been almost a year. Anyway, what we did then is we bought this Super King bed, which I might say is fucking awesome, and we gave our queen bed <laughs> to my oldest daughter, Ashlyn. So yeah. now she's got it, and she's over the moon. She's got this pretty, yeah, it's like, it's pretty decent bed. Yeah. And um, she's loving it. And then basically Ashlyn's bed went to Mia, my middle kid, and Ashlyn has a tr- Ashlyn's old bed was a trundler, so it had another bed that you can pull out from underneath it. So they're going through that phase now of enjoying having friends over for sleepovers. So we've got the trundler bed now that Mia can use. Yep. Uh, and then the toddler, she got Mia's old bed, yep. and now it's back in her own room, and the toddler is currently sleeping in her own bed in her room. So yeah, so the, I think the novel the novelty is there. We're trying to capitalise on that novelty right now. But yeah. uh, I'm currently doing this podcast where I normally do my podcast, but I'm not having to worry about waking her up because she's not in my bed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. It's yeah. good though. So, a bit a, of a development. A but, positive development. Yeah. So, it's like musical beds, and suddenly everyone is now where they should be in the house. It's um, <laughs> It's been a bit of a, a bonus, actually. But, I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, you get quite used to having the toddler in the bed, and you, yeah, I'm going to miss her for a bit. But then there's yeah. a part of me that's like, yeah, fucking sweet, you know. <laughs> got got my workbench back. 
Yeah. <laughs> wake up in the middle of the night and go, Jesus, where's the toddler? Oh, mm. it's in his own, in his own bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because I've been, because we only just bought the bed, my wife and I still haven't slept in it together yet because I've been working nights the last two nights. So yeah. apparently the toddler has been waking up about midnight, one o'clock, and my wife has ended up going into the bed. Um, my toddler goes through this phase of not really wanting me to assist her when she needs help. That continues, eh? Because even my kids now, when they wake up in the middle of the night, they never go, Dad. They always go, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yeah, but the worst part is, is like, if the toddler calls, Mom, and Dana will look over or, or say something to me, and she goes, oh, can you go check her out? And I'll be like, yeah, sweet, off I go. And then as soon as I walk in the room and she sees me, it's like, wow! <laughs> <laughs> like, Don't want you. Oh, crap, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, kids are in their own beds. Doesn't change anytime soon. <laughs> no, yeah. But no, I'm stoked. The kids have got their um, all got their new beds now, well, new-ish beds, and um, at least the toddler has. We, we've evicted the toddler, right? She's <laughs> eviction notice. <laughs> you know how someone in Invercargill won seventeen million dollars in lotto last oh, week? No, couple was a couple. Yeah, that's awesome. They thought it was a prank at first day. Eh? Well, that's it. It's quite funny when you read so many stories from people who say, oh, yeah, I got this email saying I'd won a big prize, and when I looked at the numbers, I thought I'd won $17,000, and no, actually, it was $17 million. Yeah. You know, Obviously, we maybe you got rose-coloured specs on when you're suddenly in the, the adrenaline starts kicking, and you think, fuck, yeah, I've won seventeen grand. Oh, I've just missed those last few zeros on the end there, but... <laughs> Um, but good on them. And I had to laugh, actually, because I do follow the Lotto Facebook page. And yeah. they'd made a mention that someone had won $17 million. And I looked through some of the comments because sometimes when you see content on Facebook and you think, fuck yeah, I'm going to read the comments because the comments are going to be entertaining. You always yeah. see the odd person who bitches and moans about Lotto being rigged. It always goes to Auckland. It's like, okay, we're just... It's not rigged. I mean, it's just luck of the draw, right? That's what Lotto is. Well, the majority of the population is. And so that's it. Chances are going to be higher. More people are going to play in Auckland, exactly. But anyway, I saw this one comment, and it was from a dude called James, and his comment simply was, and this was an hour after the post went up, and it simply said, I won. And I thought, cool. And then someone replied to that, tagged him in the reply, and put their bank account number. And then... This person then re-replied and said, oh my God, you actually put one cent in. And you know what? That made me smile. <laughs> so one cent. That's very New Zealand. At least I've got a sense of humour. <laughs> no. But look, if that person legitimately was the winner, at least they shared their wealth. Good on them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> It'd be pretty hard to hide that kind of wealth, though. Yeah. I know of a guy locally here that way, way, way back, it was probably well over, it was probably, God, probably 15 years ago, maybe now, 12 years ago, he won um, one of the very first big Wednesday prizes, you know, the... The and, Audi um, Q8 and the big you know, Yeah, the boat, when yeah. they got all the bits, the boat, and then there was quite a lot of money with it too. And um, I always remember people talking about it because they said one minute he was driving around in like a crappy old farm ute and, you know, and... And living in this whole, oh, it was a nice house they had because I know I know the guy. And um, <laughs> next thing you know, he's like driving around in an Audi um, Q7 or whatever it was. And then they were going on a couple of big overseas holidays and they had this new boat. And <laughs> it's like, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. 
that's it. <laughs> yeah. you, you just can't hide that kind of shit when you live in a small community. Um, nah. But yeah, I think it was like an Audi A8 and a Ray Glass boat or something like that, plus all the cash and a batch or something as well, eh? Yeah, yeah, um, there's all kinds of shit. Yeah. yeah. But no, he lives on the East Coast, doesn't he? No, no, that was another one. Oh, oh see, I see. No, a couple of people. All right, okay. I know three. I know three of three people that have won big. Yeah. Yeah, well, everyone knows about um, Trevor from Tikawata. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, Trevor. Everybody yeah. knows about him. I think he's, he's, he's he, he fucking flaunted the lot, didn't he? Uh, I think he's still got a bit. Yeah, he's got a few houses and stuff, but his accountant, suppose this is just, I don't know this, but I've just heard this is word of mouth, that um, his accountant did a bit of a dodgy on him and disappeared with a bit of his money so well, i think i heard um, the same thing yeah so yeah don't don't mm. trust your accountants too much but um <laughs> yeah, yeah that was one and then the other guy was on the other yeah, guy on the east coast that one quite big and he's he's still got a lot of it he's he brought a, invested in some properties and some property development and stuff so but yeah you never know eh? that's yeah. that's my luck though like i know three people sort of through through the grapevine that have won so I haven't got a shit show in hell of winning. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of people say that it's a tax on the poor. Yeah, I guess that's a fair statement. But like, I I do play lotto every now and again. I think when when it gets up over ten million dollars, that's generally my kind of kind of go. I'll, I'll, I've got the same set of numbers that I just use on the my lotto app, and I'll just like play those same numbers every week in the hope that they will come out. Yeah. And here's the fucking kicker: is that I've got um, lines eight a k or something, so I've got quite a few. Yeah, and I always get every number every week, but they're just on different lines. It's so <laughs> annoying. But then <laughs> I might, just... I might get the odd one. In fact, I do have one to check, which is a bonus, um, yeah. because I've got three on one line or something, and you get like a bonus line for that. So I, I quite yeah. frequently get bonuses. But I've got to say, the biggest lotto win I've ever had was a hundred bucks on Kino. Oh yeah, in daily Kino, it's quite cheap to play. It's like a dollar a line, and then Kino plays like three or four times a day. And I, I was watching this uh, on the Lotto app, all the numbers coming out on the line that I'd bought, and it was like, "Fuck, these numbers keep coming up." And then I, I counted to eight, and I got eight numbers that popped up on my Kino line. I was like, "Holy fuck, this is good." Anyway, it stopped at eight, and I'd won a hundred dollars. And I thought, <laughs> "Stop today." Yeah, that's what I thought. Eight numbers, hundred bucks. Well, look, it's a hundred more than I had. I got my money back anyway, but still, fucking yeah, surely, yeah. eight numbers. Fucking come on. So, does it go off how much you put in? So, if you if you if, it, if you had a bet, hundred bucks, would it have been eight hundred bucks or something? That you no. So, Kino, and this is just off the top of my head. I haven't played it for a long time, but if but you can buy a line for like fifty cents, and you could only win up to two hundred grand. If you buy a line for a dollar, you can win up to five hundred. If you spend two oh, yeah. two dollars on a line, it goes up to like seven fifty or something like that. So oh, yeah. you obviously invest a bit more per line to win a bit more on the other side, but it only goes up to like a specific amount. But um, getting yeah. eight numbers and a hundred bucks back, I mean that was fine. But like when you think about it, fuck, why don't I have that luck with Lotto? <laughs> and given the fact that Kino goes up to like ninety nine or something, or seventy no, or something like that, it's some horrendous amount of numbers, eh? But how did I fucking get eight numbers out of like a wider spread and I can't fucking win Lotto, which is only 50? <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Yeah, dead right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's yeah, sake. I think the biggest of one was about 100 bucks, I think, on Lotto. Yeah. And I was the same, eh? It's like 
But you get all these numbers, you know, you check it, like, bing, number comes up, bing, number comes up. Ooh, and you go, ooh, I've got like four line, four numbers or five numbers on one line or something like that. And then, <laughs> then you think, yay, yeah, one, and then, oh, it's 100 bucks. And you're like, oh, for God. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that reminds me, how about now, because I know I've got four bonus lines that I got from the last lotto draw. How about I, I check my bonus lines and see how they went? Should we do that live? I don't think I've got one. I haven't got one at the moment. Here we go. So, hello, I've got one ticket to check in one drawer. Here we go. You like me where it goes, mwop, mwop. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Nope, no number on that one. <laughs> oh, there you go, one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Holy crap, look, they're all on different fucking lines again. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker. Next week, what you should do is get all those numbers and put them all on one line and hope like hell they come out again. (laughs) Look at that. I had four bonus lines and they all came out across all four of the fucking things. (laughs) See, I told you, that is my luck, isn't it? Yep. That. Five numbers, and they spread across all four lines. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, gee, I've got to calm oh, down. Oh, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You've just witnessed my shit luck again. <laughs> oh, my kids have even started calling it, you know, our luck. I check a lot of tickets, and they go, Dad, you won't win. You've, just, you've got our luck, you know. Like. Oh. <laughs> 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 I like, um, have you ever heard of the, um, of Reddit? RedTube. Reddit. <laughs> RedTube, yeah. I've heard of RedTube, of course I've. Uh, but Reddit, anyway. I was, I was, uh, I was scrolling through that social media site and, uh, I found this, this funny clip actually of a guy called Uncle Philip. And I'll play it in a second. It's brilliant. But basically, his sister has been sending the kids to hang out with him. And apparently, the kids love hanging out with Uncle Philip. And he has a great time with them. And he loves it when his sister sends the kids to hang out with him because they do lots of cool stuff. Have a listen to this. The guy, I feel bad for the guy. I like to start off by saying I love my nieces and nephews with every fiber of my being. Literally, it was a joy for my sister to be like, hey, can you pick up the kids? Yes. Yes, I will. And we would do amazing things like go to hikes, go to different adventure places, go to different museums, and eat a lot of my favorite foods. I love kicking. I'm a raw vegan. I love eating all different types of things from nature and eating straight from the earth. It was a lifestyle that I chose for myself and that I enjoy. Well, over the last couple of months, my sister's been telling me to get her kids more and more and more, and I was enjoyed by it. But over time, I could see their attitudes lessen and lessen and lessen, and I'm like, what's going on the other day i overheard my sister saying to her children if you don't start acting right i'm gonna send you back to uncle philip's house wait a minute is my house a punishment apparently this whole time they hated all the vegan food that i was giving them all the raw veggies that i was feeding them they hated it they felt like the hikes that we would go on and the different places that we would see was just bugs and stuff taking them all the time i thought this was bonding i thought this was love i didn't know they didn't like that and i asked them multiple times are y'all having fun and they would say in unison yes apparently their mom 
mom put them on punishment and told them to say yes to everything that I wanted to do. I thought I was living a good life with nieces and nephews that loved me. Little did I know I was the punishment. (laughs) (laughs) Poor bastard, eh? Imagine that, being asked to look after the kids and the reason why you're being asked to look after them is because they're being assholes and you are the punishment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Poor bugger. (laughs) Anyway, on the same vein, I found another one from this guy and obviously this relates to you and me because we've got kids and it's really around kids' eating habits and especially when they're younger Just how annoying they really are when it comes to eating food. (laughs) Have a listen to this. Today's parenting lesson is about what time children eat. And I know all you childless fucks out there like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast usually occurs right before you need to go do something. They have it. They have it all morning. Okay? But they're running around fucking dilly-dallying. Finally, it's like, all right, let's go get ready. I'm going to eat my breakfast now. Great. Lunch. That occurs usually right after they didn't want to eat their lunch. I'm so full. Now their lunch is like, yo, can I get like a snacky snack? Can I get like crackers? Finally, dinner. They have two dinners, actually. They have their dinner, which they eat 20% of, and they're like, I can't possibly continue. This is just losing my belly. And you're like, fine, what am I gonna do? Force feed my child? I don't need them to have those kinds of issues, okay? But then what occurs is approximately one to two hours later, all right, guys, time to get ready for bed. <sighs> Look at my belly. I'm so hungry. <laughs> fine, have a banana. <laughs> Can I watch TV while I eat this banana? No, you mother... Eat the fucking banana! (laughs) This is the slowest fucking banana eating I've ever seen in my life. Eat your fucking banana! Oh, and, so um, true, yeah, and that's that, that's a guy called Derek Cahill who does lots of little videos like that on um, uh, Instagram. So yeah, Derek Cahill. But anyway, uh, it's very relatable. I mean, kids are just a nightmare when you try to feed them, eh? So that was quite relatable. Ours are still the same, mate. <laughs> It'll be, you know, they have their tea. Like our daughter tonight ate, like you say, probably 20% of her dinner. And we said, why didn't you eat your tea? Oh, because when I got home, I had a big bowl of Nutri-Grain. It's like... Well, you know not to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. you're, not, you're not allowed to eat anything after that after tea. You know, if you want to go and eat anything, you've got to go and carry on eating your cold dinner. It's <laughs> simple as that. Yeah. We had spaghetti and meatballs for dinner tonight, actually, and the two oldest kids. They both uh, watched how much spaghetti we were giving them, and we gave them X amount of meatballs each, and they were like, yeah, that's fine, we'll eat all that. They ate fucking half of it, and they're just done with it. And it's like, really? I mean, you kids hardly eat your school lunches. And my oldest daughter likes going out to the dairy with her friends after school a couple of days a week, and they are out tonight eating fucking yeah. shit. So, yeah. you know, got to start raining that crap in, eh? Yeah. Um, but they were like, after they'd eaten 50% of their food, which we just freshly cooked, they were like, shall I just throw it in the bin? Or I was like, fuck no, that's your lunch tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Put it down in your lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're not chucking it in the bin, man. That's still good for another day. Kids don't know how lucky they are today, mate. No. They just don't know. Back in my day. Mm. <laughs> and all credit to my wife. I mean, she does a lot of cooking in this house. And she's a fucking good cook. But sometimes, you know, she's got to do two or three different meals to keep the kids happy. And yeah. it's almost getting yeah. to the point now where it's like, actually, no, they can start fucking eating the same thing as us, you know? Like, yeah, ours are the same, eh, Blake? He's shocking. Yeah, son, he's 
it's getting better. It's pretty much what we do now, but you know, like sometimes you gotta if we want something really unusual and spicy, we have to make them a completely separate dinner. Yeah. <laughs> he won't eat it. Yeah. No, fair enough. I mean you appreciate there's things they don't want to eat, but when it's things that like you really should be eating, it's like your staples then mm. you're fucking eating that shit. <laughs> Some people would say it's karma because when we were kids, we probably had things we didn't like. I mean, I can quite wholeheartedly say when I was a kid, I was a vacuum cleaner. I would eat fucking anything that was put in front of me. So. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit the same. Yeah. But I was I was just a little asshole when I was a kid. So, <laughs> What, just so, when yeah. you were a kid? or <clears throat> Yeah. So karma comes around to bite you on the ass eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Still love them to bits, though. Thanks for the text message the other night, by the way, about the Aurora, the Southern Lights, because yeah, yeah, we went out. I had no idea it was happening, and when you texted me, I was like, "Oh shit, okay." So I went out to the back garden and had a look, but I couldn't see them. Um, Anyway, my wife and I and the kids, my parents were down actually. They came down from um, Papamoa come and spend a few days with us last week so they looked after the toddler who was already in bed so they just kept eyes on her and I took Ash and Mia and Dana out we jumped in the car about 9.30 at night and popped out to the Wop Wops went right out into the countryside and uh, we found found this really uh, neat spot which had no light pollution whatsoever yeah. And um, it turned out when we were driving down this road, there were heaps of cars parked all the way down there from other people who were actually looking oh, at yeah. it as well. So yeah. then, you know, there's us coming along with our headlights on, fucking <laughs> up their view. Turn your bloody lights off! Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we pulled over, found a spot, and it was stunning. We could see it. We had the port hills in the way of where we'd stopped, and uh, we could just sort of see the top of it over the mountain. Yeah, um, and because it was so mountainous there, we couldn't see the whole thing for what it was worth. But at least we got out and had a bit of a look at it, and it was actually quite a stunning sight. Because that night, I mean, I love it—the fact that the aurora had turned up, and it was just the clearest, starriest night. It was actually really yeah. quite neat. So, yeah, I appreciate the text actually, because uh, I actually had no idea about it until you did. So, yeah, yeah I just I saw it. Might have been either on the news or on Facebook or something like that. Mm. And they said you'd be able to be really clearly visible on the South Island, but you should be able to see it from parts of the North Island. So I thought, yeah. oh, I'll text you and let you know. Did you see it yourself? <laughs> no, we went out on the deck and had a look a couple of times, and uh, it's just too far away for us. Yeah, I think but, the uh, um, the hills there that sort of are right down the centre of Thames, they probably got in your way a bit. I think if you had been on the east coast of the Coromandel Peninsula, you might have had a better shot. Yeah, yeah, for up higher or something, I might have been yeah. able to see a bit further. I wonder how many people might have hiked up the pinnacles to go and have a look at it. Yeah, yeah, you might have seen it from there. You'd have yeah. to get up pretty high. Yeah, I think it you was... Been flying that night would have been good, eh? Like, you'd have yeah. been flying down south or something. I think it was a bit tough to see the the southern lights that night, to be honest with you, because they were so far away that it was actually quite difficult to get a full view. But um, they did happen about maybe five, six weeks ago as well, and that was more above oh. us. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen the northern lights flying from Calgary in Canada to London Heathrow. The plane went like up, right up over the top of it. The, they sort of go right up and over the sort of must be the, like the Arctic Circle or something, right up yeah. and then back down. And now uh, when we're flying up the aero, looking out the window of the aeroplane, you could see the big green wavy lights in the sky. You know, like it was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, fucking sweet, eh? It's quite an amazing phenomenon, really. It's something you only ever, and sometimes, sometimes it's only uh, able to be seen by camera, you know, like yeah. the exposure, et cetera, in the cameras, which is a bit of a shitter, but. 
Yeah, mm. fucking no complaints, man. It was uh, thanks to the heads up. It was bloody amazing. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm such a geek when it comes to that stuff, eh? So it was actually worth seeing. Yep, same. I love just going out and stargazing. You know, I could spend hours doing it. Yeah, yeah. I'll say it's funny because when the uh, the ISS, the International Space Station, goes over us, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. We went for a bloody dirt bike ride the other night, mate. <laughs> on, on, um, it was Saturday afternoon, I think. Yeah, Saturday. Me and a couple of mates. You know, we've decided this year that we're, there's no excuses. We're gonna even if it's pissing down with rain, we're gonna go riding on the you know and just get out. And even if because we get muddy and wet anyway, yeah. So it doesn't matter once you're out riding. We went and did two full laps of the Mangarevi Forest when we go riding, and it's like a big lap. What's a lap? We pushed, our, pushed ourselves to the limit. I think the lap now, it's about, must be about 20, 20K, 17 to 20 kilometres all the way around. But it's like hard riding. It's not easy enduro stuff. It's pretty technical. And Is that like and, a, a standard enduro length, is it? No, no, no. Proper enduro is about anywhere from 120 to 160 kilometres. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. What, no, so lap? this is just our training sort of ground training area. So 100, 120 to 160 for just one lap in an enduro. Oh, no, that's that's like they'll do multiple because I do like a 40K loop. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was meaning. Like a 40 and then a 20, something like that, you know? Yeah. No, that's what I was so, meaning when you guys when you guys were out there on Saturday, were you doing what was an equivalent to an enduro lap? Oh, no, we probably did about 40Ks of riding. Yeah. But the riding in that was quite technical and hard, and it was being, especially with it raining and being so slippery and, and grovelly it was but we had a ball man it was just so much fun eh? it was like just it was a, a few of us went out so it was kind of like the old days you know we can't just give each other grief and you know yeah we'll do it each other when you fall off we'll so, do, it, do it while you can yeah yeah that's right you get too bloody old otherwise they eh? get out and do these things but yeah. one thing that came out of it and um i think this i think this is true what i heard but um there's a company called fantic in the world i don't know if some listeners out there might have heard of fantic dirt bikes which is basically a yamaha chassis they, they get it like a yz chassis and they build them up into these race bikes and there's a race team over in europe the fantic race team and they do really well in all the enduro gps and stuff like that and they are like the ultimate enduro bike and um it, it sounds like there's a guy starting a frantic a fantic franchise here in new zealand so i think next year or the end of this year there's a shop opening up in new zealand that's going to sell these fantic bikes and they're bringing out a new 300 cc two-stroke enduro bike and i had a look at it online the other night and man it looks fucking awesome eh? and i said to my missus if that comes out in new zealand i am fucking buying that bike <laughs> like that is the ultimate like, that's what we've been trying to get from Yamaha for years like a six speed gearbox electric start 18 inch rear wheel with a heavy flywheel on it and all that and this bike is just all that stuff put together so so that would almost mate, just I'm, fucking churn through the mud wouldn't it oh yeah it'd be fucking it'd be awesome it'd mm. just be a powerhouse machine so I took one of my mates uh, Ray Jus out over in Europe they probably know about Ray Jus bikes um, or Riehu, they call them over there, I think. I took one of the 300cc, one of those out. My mate's demo one the other day up the forest and had a ride on that. And Yeah, I, I wasn't – it was okay. It was good. But, I wasn't impressed with it as I, as I thought I was going to be. But, um, yeah, my, my, my YZ250 would freaking eat it for breakfast, I think. So, Are you just down to the one bike now or have you still got a couple – 
No, nah, I'm not a bike slut anymore. I've only got one. So <laughs> yeah. I just down. Oh, so you just got the one mistress now. Yeah, yeah. I had three at one stage. <laughs> you yeah. fucking sluzzer. I know. So <laughs> I want to get another one though, because with the motocross track down here, they've just done a huge amount of work to it. Oh yeah. And they've had the diggers on it and fixed it all up and done all this work. So next, I'd say next summer. It should be freaking awesome down there. So I might look around for like a, a four fifty four stroke or something like that, just for a motocross trainer. So mm. you, oh, um, he's getting keen now. Oh, Chloe wants to come down the track and go for a ride on her bike. So oh, that's good, eh? Because I remember you did you yeah. did have a K a couple of years ago, didn't you, for the track? Yeah, but the track got run down, and no one was doing any work on it, and it wasn't worth it for us. But now, and it's probably worth getting a key now again. Mm. So mm. be good. Oh, good shit, man. That's fucking good. Do you want to do a dad joke off? Why not? Why not? Dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. And for for our friend Monica, who Chris Chris Birch's wife, who yes. listens to this sometimes, I want to thank her for the jokes this week because I took a photo of the uh, jokes she's got on the bathroom wall in her toilet. <laughs> <laughs> we went up there for burgers the other night. Oh, and, very um, good. Yeah, yeah, and so on the uh, wall in their toilet, they've got a whole bunch of like dad jokes. So oh, very I took good. A photo of it. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah. Well, for the benefit of the trade our listeners, um, Chris Birch was on episode two or three, I think it might have been. It was pretty early on. It was very early on, and uh, he's like a, a what would you call him? He's, he's like, like a, a KTM ambassador, yeah. ex like top enduro racer. Yeah, he's like insane um, on a motorbike and uh, does oh, like yeah, teaching. Like yeah. Anyway, yeah. he's good friends of ours. He's a good friend of ours and so is his wife, Mon. And, and, oh, she, and she, she was she down was, your way, wasn't she? She was down with us for a couple of days. Or was it during the school That's holidays? Right. Yeah, she came down for just short of a week. That's but right. uh, Yeah, Chris didn't stay this time though because he was obviously busy overseas. But uh, yeah, anyway, so you found your dad jokes on their bathroom wall. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a matter of choosing which one I do now because there's some quite good ones. Oh, so there's more than five? Oh, yeah, there was 26 of them. <laughs> okay. Some of them are a bit lame. <laughs> oh, right, okay. So, yeah, do a bit of weeding. Yeah, yeah. Well, you lead the way. You find the best one. The fattest knight at King Arthur's round table was called Circumference. <laughs> <laughs> he, acquired, he acquired his size from too much pie. <laughs> <laughs> Now, why don't boxers have sex the night before their fight? What? They really don't like each other that much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she was only a whiskey maker, but I loved her still. <laughs> I got booed off the stage at the comedy club for doing bad Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions. But I'll return. <laughs> oh, here we go. No matter how much you push the envelope, it'll still be stationary. <laughs> <laughs> I told a joke on a Zoom meeting and nobody laughed. It turns out that I'm not even remotely funny. <laughs> Two fish swim into a concrete wall. One turns to the other and says, Damn. <laughs> hey man, there's some good reading in Monica's bathroom. Yeah, um, <laughs> good. If you've never tried donkey meat, don't bother. It tastes like ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! It was a soldier who survived mustard gas and pepper spray. 
He's now a seasoned veteran. (laughs) (laughs) I stuck a Viagra in my ear to see what would happen. Now I'm hard of hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Here's one for you. I'll tell you this one as well. A bonus joke. The midget fortune teller that escaped from prison was a small medium at large. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't see that one going. Oh, funny. (laughs) Dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. So thank you, Monica. Yeah, thank you, Monica. (laughs) By the way, we make no money off this podcast, so uh, sorry, there's no commission for that. No. So how's life in the... uh, Life in the O3. uh, 111 calling centre treating you. The 111 call centre, yeah, it's good. Um, Still very busy. I mean, like I said at the start of the podcast there, like you just can't predict really when it's going to be busy. It just it just is. Yeah. You know, people get chest pain at any random time of the day, all sorts of things. eh? Just like you never know what's going to happen until you answer the phone. And you just don't know what kind of call it's going to be until you ask them what their address is. Because you have to answer the phone with ambulance, what is the exact address of the emergency? And we completely appreciate that people are in such a state of stress at that point because someone they love or even themselves are not well. It's a stressful time. And they don't hear us say that, so they just go straight into what's wrong. But the thing is, though, we need to get the address first, so at least we can get some help rolling, and then we find out what's happening and then a lot of people yeah. think that us asking the questions is actually inhibiting um, how quickly the response comes to them. So then they get agitated. And not all of them. I mean, yeah. 99% of them are brilliant and they just give us what we need to know. Yeah. But the series of questions that we do need to ask them actually depends on how fast the ambulance comes and what type of response they get because, uh, as you know, it's all important stuff, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, we have to ask the questions. It's not just a case of ringing up, you're automatically going to get an ambulance because not every call really requires one. Uh, some calls yeah. may, because like our job is to triage, right? It's it's our, 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 our job to determine the response. So there's either your green, your orange, your red, or your purple, or even Hopefully your, none of those colours is what you actually are at the time. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like green is your not-so-urgent, so they yeah. will just go in a queue and they could wait for a while, depending on the workload. Orange, that's generally urgent road speed, so the ambulance may not necessarily have the lights and sirens going, but that does get a faster response. And then you've got your reds, which is your lights and sirens generally so the ambulance does come quickly and then you've got your purples which is like your cardiac arrests where they need urgent help right now and that's when the fire brigade goes as well Yeah. then you've got your greys and the grey is where okay it's not a life threatening emergency, it's not a major major but it does require further assessment from one of our in house paramedics Yeah. Uh, we call that the clinical desk so our job really is to triage based on the information that the caller gives us and we will, depending how they answer those questions, the determinant is either grey, green, orange, red, purple. Do they um, always have a paramedic there, do they? On, we, on we have the ship. clinical desk. Yeah. So the clinical desk is it's, it's like an island of computers, right? And we've got maybe five or six of them. And we might have four to five paramedics who are based at those computers, and they just they they actually get back in touch with all of the people that have rung us 
just to have a quick chat with them and give them a medical assessment, either while an ambulance yeah. is coming, or it may it may require an ambulance to come quicker. So the paramedics are there, but the paramedics still get road time, so they rotate quite a lot. So we'll have paramedics who we won't see for weeks because they've been out on the road, but then yeah. then they'll be back in the office again a bit later to do more of our clinical desk assessments, and then the paramedics that were with us are out on the road themselves again. You know, so there's a rotation for them. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a it's a it's been a big learning curve for me because it is interesting, right? Because a lot of people have that mentality that if you ring one 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 for an ambulance, you're going to get one. It's not necessarily the case. It just depends how you answer the questions that the call handlers ask you. Yeah. You know. But you can't keep sending them out willy-nilly, eh, because you'll run out of them after all. Well, <laughs> you know, lately it's been the case. I mean, there's just not enough to keep up with the demand. Um, so that's why there are priority queues. And that's why yep. some people are waiting a long time, because there's just not enough ambulances to go around. Yeah. And then obviously we have to field that frustration from people who are calling up asking, where is my ambulance? And yeah, it wouldn't be very, yeah, it wouldn't be yeah, very nice. And we completely it. appreciate that <clears throat> nobody wants to wait for an ambulance, you know, if they've called us. And we're straight up, we're like, we're arranging help for you, but bear in mind that it could be a delay. You know, we have to tell them that. It's not what they want to hear, but it's what we, it, it's the reality of it, so... Yeah, but anyway, we can only do what we can do, right? Yeah. Keep the country safe, mate, that's yeah. why. Trying, the, trying <laughs> our best, mate, yeah. But, uh, yeah, in fact, in today another course started um, with some new recruits. So I'm hoping that in five weeks there'll be six more call handlers joining the team, which right. will obviously lighten the workload a bit for us. And, um, yeah. yeah, just... Uh, Give some new people a chance. Yeah, yeah. Have they got have they got spare desks in there? Like yeah, there's enough. There's or? enough to go around. But I mean, yeah. obviously, there's there's four different watches. There's brown, yeah. green, red, blue, and uh, obviously it's on a rotational basis. So there's there's always enough space for everyone to work on every shift. I mean, yeah. ideally, because we have Auckland, Wellington, and Christchurch call centres. Generally, and I can only really speak for my shift, and it varies all the time. But for my particular shift, I'm on I'm on Green Watch, uh, Blue Watch. Sorry, um, we sometimes have anything between eleven and fifteen call handlers through the night. Yeah. And there are systems in place as well for if the queues start to get big, because there is there is a one 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 queue every now and again. But there are processes in place that allow us to get the information we need very quickly from the caller and we disconnect quickly to take the next call. So there is a process in place to speed up the call handling process. It's easy for me to stand here and say, yeah, there's something in place for us to speed up the calls, but you really need to be doing the job to understand exactly how it works. But that's almost like the best way I can explain it. But anyway, yeah, it's been busy, and, you know, this is just... busy anyway, mate. Yeah. I mean, you meet some nice people, you meet some not-so-nice people, but at the end of the day, they're all calling you for a reason, and you've got to be amicable and help them out. Mm. Anyway, might wrap things up, mate, and uh, catch up with the old missus, and I'll tell you what, I'll leave you with this thought for the day. When you ring 111, don't be a cunt to the call handler. (laughs) 